and welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today, we're speaking with John Carver. He's the CFO over at DHS CISA. And we'll be talking about some of the top cyber risks that all CFOs should be uh, concerned about. And we'll have some ideas on how to combat those as well. So, without further ado, let's talk to John. Hello and welcome to the podcast. So today we're happy to have with us John Carver. He's coming over from uh, CISA and uh, we'll get into what that is in just a minute here. But uh, today we do have a special co-host, Mr. John Hooley. John, say hello. Hello. He's one of our one of my mill colleagues and uh, spent a lot of time at DHS. I thought he'd be a nice addition today. But let's talk to John. He's our guest today. So John, welcome. Happy to have you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, CISA is the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. It's part of the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, we were authorized by Congress in the middle of November of 2018. So we're a relatively new agency uh, with a lot of work to do. We consider ourselves the new kids on the block, uh, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, s- simply put, we, we consider ourselves the nation's risk managers. Hmm. And we have a specific mission uh, to manage and risk relative to infrastructure and cyber threats, physical infrastructure. Great. Well, so uh, I think we wanted to jump in to uh, go ahead and talk about some of the, uh, this, this show's kind of about what should a CFO know about cyber? You know, if you really had to boil it down, top three or so things to really be concerned about or to invest in or spend time on, you know, what would, what would you recommend for these sure, guys? Sure, sure. One thing that we constantly talk about at work is defend today, secure tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CFO is responsible, obviously, for the general ledger. The general ledger is connected to our procurement system, to our asset management system, to our human capital system. So there are so many vulnerabilities the CFO has always has to think about mm-hmm. uh, relative to the supply chain of those dollars. You know, getting dollars out the door, uh, making sure the information is secure. So we always try to be ever vigilant with our systems, making sure they're always authorized to operate, and making sure patches are always happening. Um, the other thing that we tend to forget about is good cyber hygiene, hmm. right? Uh, uh, cyber hygiene starts literally at the person level, right? Hmm. You do not want someone to send you an email and says, I need your password or pick up the phone and give your password away. Uh, the scary part about it is that works and that, that's why they continued to do phishing experiments like that. Right. Uh, so that always keeps up at night, frankly. So cyber hygiene, just make, you know, the protection of your GL, of your, your supply chain, what's another top three or so you, you, you would throw out there? I, I would say the, the systems are always evolving. Our systems mm-hmm. are always evolving, which means the hackers are always evolving. Mm. Uh, they're getting faster. So we always have to be investing in new technology to protect our systems. We always have to be talking to our staff about our systems, how they work appropriately. Uh, and also we have to work, work with our customers. Right, because as the government moves to G invoicing, as we get more interconnected to more partners, the risk only increases. Right, all the connections, all the other systems and agencies, right? Right, that, that, that's, ex- that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So let's talk a little bit about those three then, a little bit more information here. So let's talk about the stability of your GL and you know, how can a hacker you know, threaten this? So as in the government space, uh, a lot of these systems were built years ago be- before a lot of these vulnerabilities were identified. Mm-hmm. So 
when you're looking at a system that's several years old, that's built on a platform that hasn't evolved, that didn't consider these particular type of vulnerabilities, uh, you always have to think ahead. You always mm -hmm. have to actually get with your chief technology officer and really discuss where the community is going and what can we do to make sure the system is safe and that you build layers on top of that. Right. So, and I mean, because a lot of folks are moving to cloud for everything, right? Right. So, I mean, obviously that's something of a concern. You know, it, is this more, is this safer or is it not? It, you know? it, it's, it's absolutely a concern. Also, you know, the federal government is still very paper-based, mm. right? And, and it's terribly important that we remove ourselves from manual operations, right? Because that's, that's one way to protect yourself. Right. So, yeah. go ahead, John. I was just going to say, I was talking to actually a CFO yesterday about that. And how do you develop a plan to move from paper to automation, you know, I think oftentimes you need a strategy, right? Because you can't just do it all at one time. Well, you have to be agile uh, and you have to be entrepreneurial when it comes to that. I, I think years ago, uh, agencies or even private corporations would build plans that they assume it would take a year, no problem, we'll get the right people in here, we'll buy something off the shelf, and we'll we're get done. the right coders, right, <laughs> and, and, and we're done. And they really don't manage the risk associated with that. There are layers of risk, mm -hmm. there's layers of risk appetite. Uh, one of the biggest things though, when you do move a system, is reforming your people. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of these systems are very transparent, they're very efficient, uh, a consultant will come in with a great playbook, here's all the things that we know, and then it comes time to train your staff. Right. And the truth is people are very resistant to change. And I, I find that is the most important part of any type of general ledger conversion. Change management. Change management, move to a new system. Uh, not only do you need a system integrator that can teach you how to use the particular system, mm -hmm. you really have to train your staff appropriately and have the right performance measures in place. Because not all stakeholders have the same performance measures. What's important to you might not be important to an accounts payable clerk, right? right? There's the tactical nature of the work that people are doing. Uh, and you really need to develop timelines and performance measures relative to those stakeholders. Right. Quick follow-up question. When you say agile, too, you know, we think about, um, you know, the, the, a lot of times they look for these big investments in big new systems and so forth. How do you stay agile? And, you know, RPA is something that comes to mind, obviously. And, and is I, I, I think one thing that you always have to do is you always have to be learning what's in the market and what the trends are. Uh, the, the other thing we've had a lot of success with is building uh, timelines for the work, right? Instead of saying, in one year, we'll have an entire system developed and rolled out. Well, let's break that into the smallest possible parts. Increments, yeah. Increments. Well, one of the terms I, I recently learned, there are people that are called scrum masters. Mm -hmm. right? And that's their actual job, is to manage those small increments and small right. timelines so you actually never get off task and never get off uh, your timelines. Because there is a cost to all of this. Right. And right? developing wins along the way. And, yeah. and the wins along the way make everyone feel better about it, right? If, if you're right out of the gate and you do not have a win, people lose their interest in actually developing the system. Great point, yeah. Uh, it's also terribly important to point out, while you're doing all of this, all your blocking and tackling that you have to do hmm. still need to continue. And you still need to continue to manage your staff uh, and then it's a resource issue because who's going to manage the new product? Who's going to make sure this rolls out appropriately? Who's going to test all these new systems? Right. And by the way, I also need you to do the work you have to do. <laughs> 
Good luck with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, I mean, in that evolution paper to system, I mean, obviously you got your staff, make sure they're trained to understand your performance measures. An agile approach is great. But of course, and then the security piece, right? The cyber piece. And, and there's the security piece uh, with, with every system. With every, yeah. And you may take your system, uh, your, your general ledger at the most basic level, and you may roll out a new system, but that does not mean that the system that you use for payroll is, is ready and ready to be deployed with your system. Right. Uh, and you, they might not have the controls necessary for their secure environment. Uh, it's a little bit of a domino effect, uh, the way they're mm -hmm. all interconnected. So that's a absolutely something that, that, that keeps me up at night. So, I mean, again, as a CFO then, I mean, what, what kind of proactive steps do they need to be taking or considering or even budget considerations for this kind of, you know, issue? Well, one thing that, that we do exceptionally well at CISA, uh, as compared to other agencies I've worked at, is we really put lifecycle costs in place. Mm -hmm. And we really have very detailed acquisition plans. Right. Because these are expensive items. They're time-consuming. So if you, right out of the gate, if you do not have a good cost estimate, uh, relative to dollars and time, mm -hmm. uh, you you may run a muck immediately. Right. Right. So so that's it's got to start with that plan. Uh, the next thing is also the system requirements. Uh, whatever you're building, whatever you're doing, the more detailed your system requirements are, the more effective your rollout can be. Yeah, and I would assume you do you're doing some kind of a risk assessment along the way too, and to build in potential you know, contingencies there, right? Yeah, and, and w one of the things I don't think we've explored enough a as a, a finance community is what is our risk appetite mm -hmm. relative to all the things that we have to do. We, we, we talk about it, but do we integrate it with our execution plan? Uh, well, you know, this particular function we do is less important uh, than this one. Uh, I don't think we've actually ever had that conversation, uh, because I don't know if all functions are equal. Right. And obviously all the risk appetite related to those functions and creating a new system, they might not be equal. Payroll is obviously terribly important. Mm -hmm. right. Just to follow up on the Agile, do you, do you find that taking an Agile approach helps you to stay on top of the life cycle cost estimates and, and you can early on tell if you're going off course? It, it, absolutely. It, it, absolutely. You, you really have to monitor your timelines, your performance measures in very small increments. Uh, what I find is you're always bringing in a, a contractor and integrator to help you with right. this, and, and you should. It's very important work, and you need as many hands as possible. You really have to follow those timelines uh, because things always move to the right. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, you, absolutely. You, the, the analogy I think of uh, you, you asked your, your kid to clean their room. You know, mm -hmm. I'll get to it in an hour, <laughs> and two hours later the room's not cleaned, and there's still. A bigger mess. Great analogy. Right? <laughs> so, so imagine that if, if you're trying to move a large yeah. financial system and, well, you know, we'll get to this later. We're running a little short now. No, we, we, we need to do this now because I can't get to the next part. And that goes to your risk appetite as well. And it goes to your risk appetite. Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. So why don't we talk about number two here a little bit more, the cyber hygiene. Uh, Break that down a little bit for us. What do you mean by cyber hygiene? Cyber hygiene is is what you do on a daily basis to make sure your systems stay stay secure and safe. Mm -hmm. uh, we all practice it in our personal life. You have an iPhone. You have some sort of device that has a password. Mm -hmm. It might have your thumbprint. It might have face recognition. It might have a code. Right? I, I type in a code. Uh, 
all our systems need appropriate levels of cyber hygiene. Hmm. They need regular scanning. They need regular vulnerability management exercises. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, on, on some level, because this is what CISA does in our daily life, uh, we have threat hunting teams hmm. that, that, you know, that look for threats and are deployed around the country to help people after an incident. Again, little not as interesting when you're talking about a general ledger system, but there are things that you need to practice and there's a connection that you need to have with your chief security officer to make sure that your system is always up to date, that you can't have patch dates missed, mm -hmm. right? You can't remember, e even at the lowest level, shut your computer off. Of course, <laughs> right. Yeah, you'd be surprised how many times you'll walk through your office and people will have not done that. You know, that's the most basic cyber hygiene exercise you have. I still see people walk away all the time with the you know not logging off and the windows wide open. They went around and went to the bathroom or something. Right. I'm like really, right. this is still it, happening. It, 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 it still does yeah. happen, yeah. Uh, and it still does happen. Uh, I was uh, speaking with a consultant a, a few weeks ago, and she said she fell for the trap of someone calling her and saying she needs her password. And I couldn't I, believe that's it. That's crazy. I couldn't a absolutely <laughs> believe it, but it still happens. Don't hire that contractor. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we, we did not. We, we absolutely did not. Well, I, I'm curious. You mentioned measures. Uh, are there any measures out there uh, around how often phishing attacks happen or that type of thing? Oh, I, I, they're, 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 they, they are. I, I do not have them. Yeah. But what, what I can tell you is, is because one of the things that CISA does is because we protect the federal networks, this is information we, we constantly gather. Right? We, we operate 24-hour centers that are always making sure uh, that we're preventing intrusions on anything relative to .gov. Uh, it, it's not, it, it's a very sophisticated operation. And if you see it regularly, you realize how important it is. Uh, we tend to ignore it in our mm -hmm. lives, uh, which is the worst thing to do. And um, yeah, speak, I, I, if you could speak a little bit more about the mission for you guys, because again, you are supporting things across the government, right? For all, for right. all of government. Right, and, 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 and it's not just cyber. Uh, it's also uh, school safety. Hmm. It's soft targets. Uh, we have CSAs and PSAs uh, that are deployed all over the country. Uh, they work with governors, mayors, uh, school boards. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the physical security part of, of our operation. Mm -hmm. um, I was recently out uh, to Indianapolis, to Ball State, uh, on a trip to watch our PSAs in action. Uh, and they work with the local police force. Uh, they work with the school administrators and they walk them literally through the campus and saying these are soft targets We need to think about ways that we could protect the students and protect the community uh, Because the, the threats are always evolving mm -hmm. uh, But mm -hmm. one thing that that our director is very good about is he always says defend today secure tomorrow right. uh, I, I think is very apt. It's absolutely very apt hmm. uh, The world's a little scary. Yeah well, speaking of that, that's kind of the third topic, the constant evolution of these, uh, you know, attacks. So I actually took my cyber yearly class yesterday, so I'm, I'm prepared for today. <laughs> um, but I actually saw a couple terms that I haven't seen before, although I've seen those attacks. Smishing, and I think vishing or something like that was the other one. Uh, Have you heard these? So it's basically uh, people trying to hook you through text messages now. It's yeah. not, you know, because I swear I've gotten like 10 text messages in the last month where, are you there? Can we talk? I don't know, who the hell is this? I don't even know who it is, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. happening, right? And, and, and think about it. Uh, whatever instrument you're using already has built-in defenses and they are working around yeah. it. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I find, you know, aside from your spam box, 
aside from you, you know, swiping to the left and getting rid of it, uh, you, you can't, you have to be vigilant. It's so easy to get an email that says, this is Amazon, uh, your, your credit needs to be reversed. And you're like, oh, I just bought something. But that actually might not be the case. Right. Yeah. It's just a question, because I, I get a lot of those as, as well, obviously. Um, is there any risk in actually responding to a text message and just saying, leave me alone? Or do you just... No, I, you need to delete it Just need to delete it immediately. Yeah, anything that you do that opens up your system to someone that's trying to get in puts you in a vulnerable place. Right, you're making a connection there by responding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, another thing that, that, that you really never think about, uh, I just put a new air conditioner into our house. It's wireless. Hmm. Right, uh, the system entirely wireless. It's great that anywhere in my house with my phone, I, I could change the temperature. But right. that also means it's now vulnerable. Right, that that someone else can do. Internet that. of things. It's the internet of yeah, things. And cars, remote starts for cars, right? Right, and, and, and broaden that because no one's particularly interested in, in my HVAC. But think about a public utility. Yeah. how vulnerable they are for things like that. Wow. Yeah, That's scary. Yeah, because yeah. all those public utilities have. Yeah, these uh, you know, th these components in them now with the wireless or whatever it supposedly makes things easier, but it right. makes you way more vul well, vulnerable, you, right? You, so. you parts of your car that are wireless now. Uh, yeah, I've heard some scary stories about people can take control of your car. You know, right, right. Uh, these things that uh, just have to be considered be because as we go wireless, as we are more connected to the Internet of Things, as we live through our phones, the vulner vulnerabilities increase and just take it back to your general ledgers, right? Yeah. So actually, that you know, what's your opinion on this? You know, uh, what what should be that balance between an agency moving forward with technology and allowing things, you know, more mobile or telework or things like this, yet still protecting against all those vulnerabilities? You know, it, you those know, threats. Part of it is one of the reasons we've elevated our chief technology officer mm -hmm. uh, out of a role within the CIO's office is because we need someone thinking about that all mm -hmm, the time. Mm -hmm. You know, one, one of the things we've been working on is a, is a budget app on our phone. Yeah. Right, right? Uh -huh. You know, the, the world is changing. Uh, we are doing budget formulation. What if you have an app on your phone to budget formulation? Right. What if you need to quickly look up a number rather than running back to your computer? Mm -hmm. But to do that required constant interaction with our CTO, with our CIO, with our CISO mm -hmm. to make sure that this was allowed, that we weren't changing our vulnerability landscape, that the risk was appropriate for what we are doing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this, this, these are complex items and, and the, the CFO really has to connect with the CIO, with, with the CISA, uh, with the CTO, and we have to understand their complexities. And right. they need to understand ours. How do you go about doing that? Like, what's the mechanism? So, so when you're the CFO, everybody likes you because uh, <laughs> right, you have the money. <laughs> you, you have the money. You have yeah. the checkbook. But you you really need to have a regular interaction. You need to have regular shared experiences, and you need to develop performance measures relative to that because what gets measured gets done. So if you don't know what you're talking about when you right. start a meeting, and you don't make it repetitive, and you don't have your business cadence you will lose track of why you're even sitting down. So how often do you meet with, with those folks? Uh, I, I, at a minimum once a month. Uh, and you know we, we come with our items, they, they come right. with their items, right. and, and we literally check off what's important to us uh, and manage it and saying, these are the things that we need to do this month to make sure dollars get out the door, programs get executed, and, and to make sure that our posture gets better to deliver mission, right? 
So just a little story on that. I, th I want to get your thoughts on this too. So I feel like in a lot of cases, the technology, well, probably every case, the technology gets out ahead of us. You know, we really haven't properly tested it or thought of all the repercussions and, you know, vulnerabilities might be there. So here's an example. So I know 365 Microsoft, which is a great product, so I'm not bashing on it at all, but we had recently implemented it in one of our agencies and we realized there was an app on there called Delve. I don't know if you've ever heard of Delve, but basically it lets you see every document that everybody on your little network is working on. Like Slack. Yeah. Like one that's, of those types. Yeah. That's scary. I, yeah. mean, I mean, even just for privacy or whatever, you know, it's, it, maybe not a hacker thing, but even just, you know, do you want your boss to know what you're working on or vice versa? What document? Literally, it's just, that was kind of scary. We didn't even realize that. And then we had to rush in and turn that button off, you know? Well, well I'm, I'm looking at your laptop right now. It's got a camera. You yeah, know, that's right. Well, yeah. You know, it's possible that that could be happening. You know, hacked into and people could be watching you. And you wouldn't but, know because it wouldn't even turn on, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But when it comes to the business enterprises, they're really moving in a direction where everyone's seeing every document. That's how they manage it through. Yeah. Right. Right. It's especially in a time where every widget is is measured. You know, pr privacy yeah. is lost somewhat. You know, and, and that's another interaction uh, with your chief privacy officer. Uh, you know, what are we doing to secure our data? So that's kind of leads me to another topic. Um, I mean, we want to understand how does the CFO, what, what, what is your relationship with your peers in this world, like the CTOs and the CISOs and privacy officers? And, you know, how do you make sure the CFO has a good seat at the table and your, your thoughts are heard? Yeah, I, I've been very fortunate at the agencies I've worked in uh, that, that the, the directors or assistant secretaries have always said we need a close relationship with our chief financial officer. Uh, the analogy I use is that if you're looking for a CFO with a calculator to come in and add up some numbers, I'm not the right guy for <laughs> right. you. <laughs> if you're looking for a strategic partner, and if you want to talk about things that are important to the health of the organization, to make sure our business processes are accurate, to make sure that we are helping our customer, th then I am your guy. And I think that's mm -hmm. really changed. Uh, years ago, the, the CFOs, w when you started to work, they would give you a calculator. Uh, Great, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how does that really help prevent the cyber threat? Yeah. Uh, how does that prevent uh, the transparent and efficient use of resources, which is which is what we want to do? Uh, and the CFO needs a seat at the table. Uh, there's no two ways around that. Right. And, and then the blocking and tackling needs to continue to happen. Right. We we can't get we can't lose sight of the things that we have to do to execute. Mm -hmm. At the same time, Th these are big operations. Uh, they really are. And, and the, the, the analogy I use is that federal CFOs is a, somewhat a CFO on steroids <laughs> because right. there are so many things that you are asked to do. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, you know, for the CFOs that will be listening to this podcast, it's it's a little bit of a push and pull, right? It's the CFO making sure they have a seat at the table and pushing, and then hopefully the culture of the organization recognizes the importance of the CFO. Yeah, it, it, it's so important for everyone to, to understand what everyone is doing. You don't mm. have to understand their operations and their tactics, yeah. but you have to understand their strategy and why they're either saying no or yes, or why they're saying we should do it this way. Uh, this, it's about execution of mission, and they're all interrelated, uh, no matter where you work. And you were saying you do have monthly meetings or regular meetings with this C yeah, C we, level? We, yeah, we, we a absolutely meet regularly. Uh, I, I meet weekly with our deputy director. Uh, you know, he's got a pulse on, on the organization, and the first question he asks is, you know, where's the money? How are we executing it? Mm -hmm. 
uh, what what do I need to have to worry about from a financial management standpoint? And, and that always will bleed into a mission conversation because you can't execute mission unless you have transparent and efficient information, especially related to financial matters. Right. So, and you mentioned risk quite a bit here. So I'm just curious, do you guys have a risk officer at your agency, like chief risk officer? Uh, so so, so we, we have a, uh, the National Risk Management Center hmm. that, that is in charge of risk for the nation. Oh, wow. Uh, so, so that was elevated uh, by our current administration. Uh, relative to financial management risk, that, that lands with the CFO's office. Okay. Um, just the normal internal controls to make sure the systems are working, to make sure there is no fraud, waste, and abuse. Uh, so we're very lucky at, at CISA because we look at risk very broadly, right. how it intersects with our country itself and the safety of our country, uh, and we look at it internally. And not a lot of agencies mm -hmm. are both do that internally and externally. And then do you all meet with other agencies risk officers or equivalents like that as well? They or? do. They, 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 they certainly do. Okay. they certainly do in, do in the mission space. Uh, and, you know, certainly during the audit, <laughs> sure. uh, CFOs are, are meeting regularly on that. Yeah. So one more topic I was interested in, just to go a little bit into this, I don't know, you know, how much uh, of this is kind of old at this point, but, you know, just curious about some, again, the, the constant evolution of these cyber attacks, you know, what, what are you seeing out there? I mean, I know we're, we're all familiar with the the phishing and the ransomware and things like this. Are those still like the hot topics or are you seeing some new things we gotta worry about? What we're seeing right now is a large amount of ransomware attacks, mm -hmm. uh, absolutely at the state and local level, hmm. not necessarily at the federal level. Uh, our, our advice to everyone is do not pay. Hmm. Uh, that's the worst possible thing you could do. What you do need to do is you need to back up your data. You need to execute your patches on time. Mm -hmm. You need to scan your systems on a regular basis and you have to train your employees. You know, back again to what we sp spoke about earlier, make sure your employees are not picking up the phone and giving away their password. Make sure they are not leaving their computers on. Right. Make sure they are not answering random emails that do not make any sense, that have nothing to do with, with their work at hand. It, it's real, the first line of defense is the cyber hygiene of the employees. But, but I can't double down on it. Do, do not pay uh, ransomware bribes. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think I just want to ask one last question for you, and maybe a little related to that. So, you know, a lot of uh, CFOs and government leaders in general are interested in some emerging technologies, you know, AI, you know, bots, things like this. Um, you know, what are some of the cyber implications around those, or what, what, what should folks think about as they're going into that? Yeah, we're, we're using bots uh, right now to help mm -hmm. pay some of our bills. Uh, we use audit command language to pull big data out of our transactions. Uh, We've hired a firm to help us with artificial intelligence. Hmm. You know, we're starting to think about that. Yeah. What, what I would say is work with your CTO. Uh, Make yeah. sure anytime you put something new in place, you obviously have an authorization authorization to operate. Yep. Make sure it is tested on a regular basis. Right. Don't load something into your system that you know nothing about. But this should not that should not stop you from doing these things sure. because they're efficient, they're helpful, and they make you a better CFO. And sure. your organization that much stronger, right? Yeah, well, because those, you know these things come out with new little features every every day. Don't just right. put that out there, right? Just, you just don't put it out there. And, uh, it, it goes yeah. back to the early conversation. How often do you meet with your other C-suite partners? Uh, how often do you talk to them? And make sure you have the right policies and procedures in place hmm. as an organization before yeah. you make a tactical decision. 
Sure. But the upside is huge. The upside's enormous. Don't be afraid of it. Just do it the right way. It's absolutely worth it. After you muddle through it, after you get it authorized, <laughs> right. your time to market to do your work is so much faster. It's worth the investment in time and money and, and frustration sometimes. Yeah. Well, uh, John, I mean, thanks so much for coming on today. I think this was really interesting and uh, a lot of great advice for our CFO community out there. Uh, again, appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having thanks, me. Thanks, John. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out. AGACGFM.org. All our podcasts are there. Many exciting guests coming up, as usual. Thank you for joining us today. So until next time, this is Paul Marshall signing off. Talks.